0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man,
1: JC John Coleman. Dio, what's popping?
0: Ah, UCF football, last game of the season, John. Nobody
1: cares about UCF football. Nobody
0: cares unless you wear the black and gold, unless you know something about Canaveral Blue. Unless Ooh. you have ever drank a citronaut because you're sitting in the Carl Black and Gold <laughs> section.
1: Nobody wants to see, uh, sit in those fucking bleachers, Dustin.
0: Uh, nobody wants to sit in the Black and Gold section at noon on a Saturday because it's hot AF.
1: It was better when it was Bright House Network Stadium.
0: No, it's not. I know. I'm totally <laughs> cool with it being FBC Mortgage Stadium. Those are my boys. It's funny. My son's like, hey, dad. <sighs> You're in the mortgage industry. And, yeah. You know, it's BC, FBC. BC. What do you oh, think? Yeah. I go, actually, I like those guys. Yeah. Like, literally, they do a very good no job. Beef. They run a good company. No yeah. beef. No beef. Yeah. Shout out, like, literally, like the whole crew over there, starting with Rob and Joe. Wow. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, you got names and shit? Yes. Yes. I mean, you, you and then you get into to Veritech oh, and, my. Oh, and Jay oh, and wow. yeah, the whole crew. Like, yeah, they do a really good job. Don't so, throw names around Dustin. He,
1: he's clouded. Hey, name drop. Mike, drop, but Boop. we can't afford that. Not, not, yet. not yet.
0: Not yet, John. This is pretty exciting. I'm gonna tease the uh, the audience. What's that? We're coming up on episode 400. I thought. You know what? We're also coming up on
1: me taking a shower since the first time since Saturday.
0: That's gross. Absolutely You, you really gross. you bathe twice a day? Uh, yes. I will bathe twice a day depending it. on if I work out twice a day. Weather's not, cold
1: down here in Florida. I don't sweat a lot in my sleep. I'll go, like, Sunday to Wednesday night. That's why you have it.
0: such beautiful skin, then. Thank you. That I, is why you have such beautiful real skin. Real talk. I
1: shaved my head for the first time. Um, Didn't know what I was doing. Used a foil razor. And now I have a bunch of bumps on the back of my head. Like, I'm... That's gross. Schmeagle. That is you know. But you shave your head. Like, tell me what I'm supposed to do. I don't get bumps. I know you don't. But the first time you shaved your head in 1991.
0: Hot water. Hot water. Uh, edge gel use a razor yeah i wipe i put shampoo oh I shampoo shaving god. cream over my head yeah and then i get out my mock three and we go to town you, you
1: against the grain or with depends I
0: don't, don't i go back like i'm combing my hair like the same strokes I if i had hair i just god. take it off john god
1: bless your heart yeah
0: just take it off just like that but no what i was going to tell the people was a hint at <laughs> you wouldn't let me <laughs> yeah. talk about your shower no this is uh one of the last episodes we're going to shoot in this location thank god You say thank God. I'm going to miss having some of the uh, downtown skyline. Oh, yeah, the
1: ambulances going by and the fire trucks. I'm not going to miss that. I'm not going to miss
0: the ambulances or the fire trucks. But, you know, how how about this? A shout-out to uh, Dr. Christie, Bro. Shout-out. Yo, she. That episode. Scratch and sniff stickers all day. Yes. Mine still works, by the way. Um, And (laughs) then shout-out to Michelle Mendez with ArchMI. Right. She's going to be our next guest. Right. Bro, we are going to go all in to ChatGPT and OpenAI. Something
1: I know nothing about and refuse to learn, but thank God we have her.
0: Thank God we have her. But here's what I'm going to love about her episode is she's going to make everyone who tunes in want to utilize the technology. Yes, it's not going to be like all in-depth, here's how you do open-heart surgery. It's like, no, 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 no here's basically how to do CPR, right? We can teach everyone how to do CPR. Mm -hmm. We can't teach everyone how to conduct open heart surgery. She's going to teach everyone how to utilize this technology to be your personal assistant, to be your director of marketing, maybe your director of finance, and how it's a matter of clicking a couple buttons, learning the right prompts, and letting the magic happen. But it is a collective effort. So anyhow, she's going to be coming up. We're bookending Dr. Christie with Michelle, us in the middle. Wow. As we prepare to close out the year, we're going to hit close to episode 400 and one of our last episodes 400 in episodes this particular. Because John's going to build us out an entire
1: studio. I think so. Yeah, that's Allegedly. that's what
0: he's going to be doing over the holiday break. I don't know what, what y'all are doing. Some of y'all are going to be snowboarding. Some of y'all are going to be like stuck with your drunk Uncle Ed or hanging out with your in-laws. Not John. Uh-uh. He's going to be preparing to build a studio. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. What do you want to talk about today, John?
1: I don't know. We literally just came up with the idea of 15 seconds before I hit the red light to hit record.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you said whatever you do, Dio, you cannot pimp out TLOP online anymore. No, I didn't say that. Anymore. You did. You said, Dustin, you pimped that out too that much. That was I said, John, off
1: the air. That was off okay. the air.
0: And I'm going to tell y'all, look, there are loan officers out there who are not achieving their full success. They're absolutely lost. They are lost. They are scared and nothing changes. If nothing changes, I don't care if it's us. I don't care if it's someone else, but at some point you got to make changes in your business, right. surround yourself with experts who know what they're doing. Let them invest in you. Let them teach you how to prospect, teach you how to lead generate, teach you how to be less of a mess as a business, uh, uh, um, as a business operator, right. And, and make a small investment in yourself. By the time you all tune into this, prices do go up January first. Yeah, like do it and again. Whether it's us or someone else, you got to do it. Attend the conferences, join the communities, get yourself some coaching, get right. your learn on. So yes, John. And then I'm,
1: realize how stale everyone else is besides us, and then come on back to daddy.
0: Exactly. <laughs> hey, you I said it. it. Not me. You right? You said yeah, it. Right. Not me. But hey, I appreciate our TLOP faculty. Yes. We crushed it with the yeah. five days awesome, of giving. Man. Thank you. Yes.
1: Thank you, faculty. Thank yes. you. Faculty like members. when,
0: when John Coleman walks into my office with a compliment, that that's happens rarely, rarely. rarely. <laughs> yeah, He's rarely. like, bro, you guys knocked it out of the park you guys awesome. with five days of giving in the, in the faculty. So we did, you're going to see and hear more of them going into next year. Uh, no different than those that joined us for business planning. Right. Hopefully y'all were like, damn, that was good. Yeah. That's the shit that we're into. That's the type of value that we bring to this community. And if you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Watch out. on January 11th, on a Thursday. Show up. Yeah, come hang out. Let us invest in you. And that's a free event because of our sponsors. So, yeah, we got good shit. I'm excited about what 2024 oh, is going to bring. Yeah. I really am. But you know what I want to do? And this keeps on coming up in our business planning. It came up in our five days of of giving with our faculty. Mm-hmm. It came up when we did uh, the thing with UCF. Mm-hmm. People always want to know the bad stuff.
1: What did you? Where did you fuck up? Yeah, basically.
0: And I'm like everywhere. The first thing I would tell anybody about being successful based on my experiences. And I'm not uber successful, but I've been fortunate enough to be more successful than 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 many. Correct. And um, I simply answer it this way. Besides, I have a crazy amount of drive. And you can't teach that. Mm-mm. I'll talk about how that's one of my mistakes I've made. But you can't teach drive. You can't make someone want it. So, yes, I've had that. And according to my parents, I've basically had that my whole life. Not always, because I didn't always want it when my dad was signing me up for pitching lessons. Sorry, Coach Mac. Right? One day, Coach Mac called my dad aside and said, Hey, I think you're, you think you're wasting
1: yeah, your money. I was a saxophone player back Yeah, you know, yeah. I was like
0: four, 13 years old. No, I didn't want to drive a half hour across town. I was missing Fresh Prince, Prince of Bel Air, and I didn't care about being any better of a pitcher than I already was. Right? So I haven't always had it in every aspect. Trust me, talk to my mom, talk to my school teacher, look at my grades. I didn't always have that type of drive, but it was in me. It just, I was selective on where I used it. So looking at the mistakes that I've made throughout throughout all of time, I tell people in business, in business, I maybe have been able to achieve what I've achieved because I've made more mistakes than you. It was a race to see who could make the most mistakes. I made the most mistakes because I tried the hardest. I made the most mistakes because I didn't sit back and wait. I just did. And I, and I knew I'd figure it out. So, because of those mistakes, I've been able to learn from them, make a vow not to repeat them, and um, keep moving forward. Right? That's Sunira when she was mm-hmm. on. Right? The unicorn in heels. We'll call her. She literally talks about you don't go A to Z. You go A to B, B to C, C to D. And I didn't know that. I wasn't that articulate. But that's is ex- ex- exactly what I did. So we're gonna do a whole entire episode just based on mistakes. Dio has made Throughout his career Love it Yeah Where do you want to start though? I want to particular Because st- I can just shotgun it We can go rapid fire or you. Can I want to start
1: When you said something like When did you know At what age Was there sp- like a Particular incident Or catalyst Like in second grade Mrs. whatever class That you knew like Alright I'm Like I have this itch This chip on my shoulder To where I know I need to be like Different and better than people In a good like hardworking sense Because you said You had this chip On your shoulder Since birth was there an instance in, like, second grade where it was like, all right, I knew when this happened to me, that's when it really set me off on this course of, like, wow, greatness. That's a deep question. I we're know. going there, huh? I thought you wanted to yeah, ask Yeah, so, me like, anything.
0: if you were my psychologist yeah, and you got I to am. know yes. my my upbringing. Pro bono. Um, Here's what you and I would discover together mm-hmm. was some, like, Emongo therapy, I believe it's called. Okay. Look that one up. I can't spell I, it for you. Sorry. I've never heard of that. But— but you would find a group in a household with two amazing parents who still today embody what it means to be just devoted to each other and in love. OK, 50 plus years of marriage. It's like, wow, um, my father, you gained his his attention. And for me, what I felt like his love by working hard, right? Like we were told we don't do half ass work. That was a term that we used openly. Father also made sure he told me every night he loved me, gave me a hug and a kiss. Good night. Right. Like like, I had that. Okay. I had stability through the roof. Like one house my whole life, three schools my whole life. Like take away the fact that I'm male and white. I'm privileged beyond that. I'm privileged because I had two parents who were like my parents and I went, lived in one house and I had three schools. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't a whole lot of instability. I had the exact opposite. Um, But my father, I gained his love. By working really hard. Show him that you tried hard, right? You had him. So, cool. I learned early on I could out-effort you. I could out-effort you, and I had to, especially in sports, because I wasn't naturally gifted at sports. Um, I was given a couple, like, really cool tools. Like, my right arm is a rocket thrower. Right. So I can always throw shit really hard and really far.
1: Where's it go? Anybody yeah. Yeah, I didn't knows. get it yeah. all. I'm right. not the next Otani. Okay? <laughs> right,
0: right. Um, so, you know, but I, I just knew when my dad was on the field, he was coaching me. I couldn't let him down. So I had to mm-hmm. hustle and try. And then I started getting accolades. Well, you win me over by showing me attention. Like all of a sudden you look my way, you give me a compliment. Right? I always joke. Oh, just tell me I look pretty. and I'll do anything for you. Mm-hmm. But literally it works that way. Now, when I look at my mom, my mom, without even trying, like she always talked about like people like we, she always made sure my sister and I were dressed really nice. Mm-hmm. She grew up in a household where that wasn't. And she felt like she was made fun of and picked on as a child. So when she had a chance to, to be a parent, she made sure we might not have the most money take the, the most lavish vacations or hell, any vacations. She made sure my sister and I always had nice clothes Okay, because she didn't have it. That mattered to her. Right. So if you look at me today, why am I always dressed the way that I'm dressed? Shout out Tom James. Yeah, shout out, Tom. Not today. Today is probably like, Apollo, actually, could, yeah.
1: Michelle dressed you.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. She bought it. My mom bought it probably. <laughs> but anyhow, but my, my mom loved how things looked. Right. Right. If you were the prettiest at something, right, if you were recognized, like that recognition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, early on, if I were to be a psychologist, yeah. I earned my dad's love and favor by working really hard. Mm-hmm. I earned my mom's by being recognized for being great. Yeah. Recognized could be how I dressed, how I looked, or it could have been how I performed. Correct. Right. So that was,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I wanted to make her happy. want to make him happy. And I'm a people pleaser. Like I'm the first to throw hands, but I hate fighting. Right. If, if you want to get into a verbal altercation with you, I'm going to go for the throat. It's going to be nasty. It's going to scar. I'm going to feel terrible for it. I'd rather not get there, right? So I'm also, I've always been that person who wants to be a peacekeeper. I want to be a people pleaser. Um, So to answer your question, maybe that's where it comes from. That's not really a mistake, No, no, it's
1: not. I asked the question so people can, you you set the foundation for what you're about to say about all the mess-ups and, you know, drop the ball at the fucking goal line that you're about to tell us. Oh,
0: well, yeah, we're not going to get into the fact that I'm such a moron that I one time in high school went mailbox bashing at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. I've done that before. And got caught. Never get caught. I mean, and got caught. Yeah, wow. yeah who do goes you... mailbox bashing at 2 p.m. How on Wednesday? How do you get Wednesday? caught, though? 2 p.m. on a Wednesday. Yeah, That's a.m. I know. How do you get caught, though? Slow, you can't I run the cops? What's the <laughs> <first> <laughs> wrong with you, man? Yeah, we're not. What, the, we, what are yeah, you doing? We, we, we may have grown up in a lower middle class area, oh, but we still shit. had our standards I of, whoop, whoop, of out. What? <laughs> right
1: in my pants. Gone. Where's the J's yeah, left right. behind? Oh, my God. I could talk my way okay, out of Okay, so
0: like, but anyhow, we're, we're not going there. We're This is more like business lessons. Right, yeah, sure. Like, like I want to I jump into like business lessons. So number one business lesson I learned, I moved from Atlanta, Georgia to West Palm Beach, Florida for a job that I didn't know a whole lot about and I got nothing in writing. Literally got nothing or took the dude's word that, that I was going to come down there. I was going to be given a base account list. That base account list was going to earn me X amount of dollars in commission. And then the rest of it, I had to go out and eat what I killed. Sign me up. I took that job, WFLX, down in in West Palm Beach. And after I performed really well for a rookie new business sales associate, Mm -hmm. and that they reward you with like giving you accounts. After I was granted a couple accounts that I had earned, they still didn't bill, but half. Mm. of what I accepted the job for mm. learned a valuable lesson in life. Get that shit in writing and writing. Yeah. There's a certain amount of trust and a certain amount of goodwill and faith. You have to take into decisions. Like you can't be analysis by paralysis, but by all means at 23 years of age, 24 right. years of age, I moved from Atlanta, Georgia to West Palm beach, Florida for a job, by the way, because I wasn't willing to sit back and, um, wait for, the market to get better. The job market was pretty soft. It was post nine mm. eleven, and I was trying to climb the corporate ladder, and I was in a hurry to go somewhere fast. And um, anyhow, I took that job. Hell, I didn't even know where West Palm was. I thought it was close to Tampa. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was Miami. And you thought well, like an hour and a half. Hey, it's Miami. at least on the right coast if you're right, going to
1: Miami. Right, right.
0: But because it said West, this is how ignorant I was of Florida geography. I thought West was the west coast of Florida. The I knew west Tampa Palm was on Beach. the west. So West Palm Beach must have been close to Tampa. Uh, Sarasota. That is Sarasota. I literally had West Palm in Sarasota. Good for you. In my mind. It wasn't until I landed in in the airport and I realized I was closer to Fort Lauderdale than I was to Tampa that I realized I was still on the east coast of Florida. Shout out MapQuest. Yeah, (laughs) by the way, (laughs) shout out the MapQuest. I'm I'm pretty sure that's how I got around. Okay, so that was, uh, if we're going to chronological order, probably one of the first business lessons that I learned the hard way. Second business lesson, I didn't learn it the hard way. I learned the, the, the right way, but I can share it with the, with the audience, which was make sure I had the decision maker in the room when I'm selling, mm. I learned that selling TV advertising, I would get appointments or meetings with the marketing director scrubs and my, my sales manager who would go on calls with you. And he was one of the best sales people I've ever been around. He's a, what they call a closer. Right, like We need that at TLOP mm-hmm. online. I need a closer. Mm-hmm. I need somebody when we set up. Let me transfer you to my closer. Yes, we need a closer. Somebody's going to get the order. Okay, he was a closer. But I learned quickly. I couldn't schedule appointments with marketing directors because he would tell me, is that the owner? Nope. Okay. Um, is that the CEO? Nope. Nope. Okay, so they take directions from owners and CEOs. Right. He said, rarely does a marketing director have the authority to make the visionary decisions they can implement the decision of the owner of the ceo of the visionary but they don't get to make them so he wouldn't go on that so that wasn't so much a mistake that was just something you learn along the way that's part of it as coach kayla sharp calls it that's learning as you grow i love saying that coach coach gwen coach coach yeah
1: because you're the head coach and now you have coach christy Yeah yeah coach dustin yeah and john with john with john with <laughs> yeah, john with john with john what is the biggest mistake i'll, I'll articulate it as that uh as a rookie loan originator in your first year what was the biggest mistake you made as a rookie lo
0: Ooh, a rookie lo your
1: first as you can look back 2020 hindsight and then you look back like damn i really flubbed that whether it be a relationship a transaction a mentality
0: a thought process i was too afraid to work my circle of influence looking back I man my wife and i had just gotten married gosh a year and a half before i became an lo two years before i became an lo something like that I mean, she became pregnant with our first when i was in training okay so we were married maybe a year and a half two years before she got pregnant with jackson and i look back we had over 200 people come to our wedding, open bar, DJ, like it was mm. a party among parties. Like we, what was really cool, we set the tone, like we set the tone because we were the first to get married on both sides of her family, mm. and she comes from a family where there's 20 cousins on one side and there's like you know nine cousins on the mm. other. Nonetheless, I did not leverage those contacts to introduce me to real estate agents, financial advisors, and, and home builders.
1: Why do people do that? Cause you feel like you're doing a disservice. You want to annoy your friends. Like why? Cause so many loan officers and sales professionals have that trepidation about them.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Is it imposter syndrome? Uh, I, I don't know what it is, right? But we just are. And I think it's like, well, I don't want to bother them. And you realize you're not bothering them. Like you're asking them for help. And if they truly are in your circle, like they want to give you a leg up. Like you're not asking them to, to even lend you a hundred dollars. Or $1,000 or co sign for a car, you're literally saying, Hey, look, this is my new career. I'm super excited. My job is to network with other business professionals, preferably people who sell homes or build homes for a living or financial advisors. Who are you connected with, Aunt Donna, that I could reach out to? Maybe drop your name, or in today's day and age, you can text and link us together. I'd love that opportunity to get to know them because I think I can service them and their clients. That's it. Now, if you're really good, then you can say, by the way, you know, I am in real estate. And when you think of anyone looking to buy real estate, sell real estate, or my specialty is going to be financing, let my team and I hook you up. There's a little script. Let my team and I, and then hook you up. People love getting hooked up, but hooked up, taken care of mm-hmm. giving great service. Everyone gives great service, but you, who do you hook up? Hey, I'll hook you up. Anytime, and you have to tell them. Anytime you think real estate, buying or selling, or even a, a mortgage, a home loan, call me. I'll hook you up. Was there a piece of advice that you received uh,
1: in your earlier years that maybe you ignored or brushed off? That now that you're a more you know well seasoned professional, that like damn, if I had listened to that individual. Uh my third month in industry, I would have accelerated my My career.
0: coaching clients, our coaching clients, John, because we have a coaching program. Our coaching clients are gonna be like, oh my God, Dio must have like set JC No, that all I'm just literally. Yes, just the just guy's all. name is Rob Mitchum. Shout out to Rob. He's not in the mortgage business, but he's still around. Um Rob Mitchum said, Dio, the best four letter word in sales.
1: Go f- next. And no, I'm just gonna N-E-X-T. Yeah, next. Yeah, you've heard me say it. <laughs> yeah, right, right, Yeah,
0: it's next. Rob Mitchum taught me that I didn't learn it for another two years. I listened, but I didn't hear it. You know, like I was not fully comprehending. It's next, right? It's understanding that some, some will, some won't, who cares, move on. It's understanding that there's enough people willing to do business the way that I do business. I don't need to do business with, with people who don't. And I can help people, but I can help people who can help themselves. I can't help people who can't help themselves meaning I'll meet you in the middle, but the middle doesn't have to be like smack dab in the middle. Like if we're thinking of a football field and we're starting on the end zone, you may make it to the 35 and I'll walk clear across the 50 and get to your 35, meaning I'll meet you, but I can't walk clear across the whole entire football mm. field to come serve you. So that was something that I wish I learned early on, right? Nice. It's just understanding that word next. Yeah. What else you got for me
1: shit i'll keep it going um so once you found a little bit of success right you you closed some loans you might have been a top producer what's the one thing um that you might have flubbed up once you started getting the accolades and the money that you said desired
0: i was a total douchebag for most of my 30s looking back at 45 years of age i craved making money right like starting early in life I wanted to make money. My parents can tell me, tell stories. Like I would tell my mom, I don't need to learn how to fix that engine. Cause I'm gonna make enough money that I can pay someone to fix my oh, engine. Yeah. I don't need to learn how to rewire my electrical box. I'll pay them. I will be paying somebody like literally like uh. now, by the way, I still, I still do things like I do my own lawn, right? My wife paints our house. Now we pay someone to paint the outside, but like small jobs, like bathrooms and whatnot. No, that's, those are still things that we do. I tend to wash my own car when I wash it, although occasionally I'll treat myself to a full detail. Right? You know, so I, there's a certain part that I'm not willing to give up. I hung a ceiling fan last year, reclaimed my man oh car. Oh, my gosh. You for, did? I, dude, for like five, like, it's like one of those, it doesn't expire for five years now, so I don't have to hang any more ceiling fans. If it
1: like, doesn't come pre assembled from Amazon, I'm yeah, not buying not, shit.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, no, because I, I lived a lot of a lot of my 20s. I didn't have any money. Like, right. you had to do that stuff right. yourself, right. right? Like, I I, I laid sod in my own yard. I put my own fence up, like, went and rented the auger so we could do it. Mm. I'm not opposed to it, but that was always a, a goal of mine. So, you asked me, like, looking back, um, and I think it was something about money, mm-hmm. and it was more of how I, I prioritized money, or better yet, I felt like because I made a bunch of money, I must be important. I made a bunch of money, I must be special. no. I'm important and special in the mortgage industry because I was able to achieve a certain level of success that others hadn't. That was in units and volume. That was in families helped. The money was definitely by by all means a reward, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't better than that school teacher because of the money I made. I didn't work any harder than that cop because of the money that I made. And I don't think I fully grasped that because I went all through my teens and my 20s aspiring to make money. By the time I got in my thirties and I was making money, I felt like, man, I made it. And then you get to a point to where at some point, and this is true, you do realize that it's not about the money. Easier said than done. Just like following Rob's advice about the best four letter word in sales is next. Easier said than done. Once you, once you are making the money and hopefully you're saving it and you're accumulating it and you're setting up Things like endowments mm-hmm. at your favorite university. Go Knights. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, right. You, no, but speak on that, Dustin, because you, you, as someone who, you said, blue collar, you know, hard work ethic. Once you got that money, like, and you were able to save it and you did have six months reserve, what was, what, what's that learning lesson like? Because you basically achieved all the things that, you know, you set out as a younger adult. Uh, you have savings, you have this. So what's the lesson once you have that? Like, how
0: do you, all right, I, I beat the game on hard. It'll never be enough, right? That's what I'm realizing that It'll never be enough. You said it to me. My best friend Chris Mosley up in Atlanta said it to me. Like, like it'll never be enough. It's the game. I'm in love with the game. I'm not in love with the money. I'm in love with the game. I love building businesses. I love investing in people. Like that's what I love doing. But the money is a reward. Look, I run races. Okay, I don't run races for the medal, but I fucking love those medals. <laughs> You know, I mean, <laughs> I don't do it for the metal, but I promise you this: when I cross that finish line, yeah, right. I'm not throwing that thing in the trash. Right. I'm not telling them not to put it around my neck. Right. And, you know, and I may even wear it out for drinks and dinner that right, night, depending right. on the race. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's um, it is a weird way to be wired, but it isn't about the money. There's way more to life than the money. But for many of us, we have to start with the money because that's tangible. Right. And then if you get there, you may go through an era of being a douchebag. That's okay as long as you come out the other side a little bit better of a human than what you How
1: are. do you motivate individuals that don't necessarily, might be great great people, but don't share your same vision, but you want them on your team and you need, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you carry people? Like, if you're a leader, how do you motivate other individuals that look up to you that might not have that same innate drive, but you know the potential is there?
0: 15 years into this, John, and wholeheartedly speaking, this is where I still fail like if i feel like there's a shortcoming, there's a chink in my armor, where's my achilles heel? That's the hardest thing to do. It is where you talk about mistakes that you've made to our leaders, to my branch managers, my area managers, my my fellow executives regardless of industry. Right. It's realizing that we are who we are and who we are has worked for us, but has also put us in a in a position where we may be at the top of the heap stack and we are taking the most rain, um but There's only room for so many people at the top. And you can't manage or expect everybody to even want to get to the top. Most people are totally cool at the level they're at and maybe one level above. So it's recognizing that. And then here's the hardest part, being okay with it. Well, it's hard to be okay with something when that's not you. Right? Like, let's think about music. I love rap music. I love country music. Both are fairly polarizing.
1: Shout out Nelly with a sweatsuit album back in the early 2000s. Okay. You remember that? You don't remember
0: Sweatsuit with Garth Brooks? I keep... Thinking. It was with um, Tim McGraw. Yeah, but... Yeah. And he played it for you in concert. Yeah, I, know I remember. I know. Yeah, I just... Okay. I remember that. Uh, But, <laughs> no, like, no, I like, you know, so m- my example would be if I try to listen to rap music with, with my wife in mm. the car, Mm-mm. she's like, turn that shit off. This is disgusting. It's mm-hmm. hurting my ears. And I just don't get her. Ride with me. I smoke a bowl, turn that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's you know, no different than in, like if I'm trying to rock out to some like 90s or 80s country and you're in the car, you may be like, I can do some country DO, but nah, you're doing too not you going too Not
1: not too yeah. much. Shout out Jelly Roll.
0: <laughs> it's not even country, by the way.
1: Um, <laughs> he's not that. even
0: country. Oh my god. Yeah. He's not country. I mean, he's a he's a version of country. Wow. He's a version of country. Sure, country's whatever you want it to be.
1: Good for you, Dustin. As yeah, we digress,
0: but, but anyhow, what, what was the question, John? I talked about music. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, so as a leader, right, finding a way to lead your people so they can become the best versions of them, so that they can bring the most value that they can bring to 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 the to the uh, company, and it really starts getting to know them as humans. Like, do you understand them on a human element? Do you know what's going on in their world? Do you know what's important to them? Do you know what they prioritize?
1: Of course not. There's just a number on an Excel sheet, Dustin. How dare you think I should get to know my employees no, or supporting it?
0: You should to a certain level. Right. Right. Like, I don't need to know if you are a morning or evening bowel movement. Right. But I, I think I should know if, you know, you're dealing with an ailing parent. So I can recognize how that's going to impact mm-hmm. your your mindset, right. your motivation. Um, you, Maybe as as life events change. Maybe your motivation changes, both positive and negative, right? So I think you have to, to a certain extent, get to know them on a human element while keeping it still very professional. I think there's a certain part of managing those people to be the best versions of, of them that they want to be at that time based on that season of life. And just because they didn't want it last year doesn't mean they won't want it next year or vice versa. Just because they were all about getting after it two years ago, something may have changed in their life that they're not all about getting after it. And not everyone is wired the way you are. That's why you're the visionary. That's why you're the CEO or the team leader or the area manager or the branch manager. It's your job to pull as much of their greatness out without it becoming your greatness. If that makes any sense. And I struggle with that. Like real life, my wife and I were in the car driving somewhere together. And maybe we're coming back from our trip up to Blairsville, Georgia. And... Something came up about teachers and, you know, like, I love to teach. I love to coach. I joke about this, but it's the truth. Had teaching high school given me the ability to make a million dollars a year, I probably would have done it. Or if I went and won, like, the huge Powerball. Mm-hmm. Not like the little lottery because $3 million is a lot of money, but ain't a lot, a lot right, of money. Right, right. But, like, you know, $100 million, I would want to fill my time and I would potentially go to a local high school where I would teach and coach. And anyhow, I made a comment that, like, yeah, if I was a teacher, I wouldn't be the best. That's how I'm wired. That's how I'm geared. That's my mindset only goes right there. And it took my wife, who was a school teacher, who's great at what she does, who scored high SATs and never got to be in school. And like, she is like the most polished, eye dotted, T-crossed, organized, polite, mismanners person you could ever be. Like girl next door, truly. Mm -hmm. And she was like, but Dustin, not everyone wants to be the best teacher. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, what's wrong with just being a great teacher? What's wrong with like just impacting your students in a positive manner. I'm like, oh no, if I was a teacher, I would have to be the teacher that every student wanted, that every parent would be, would be you know, going to administration, trying to get their kid in my class. And I damn sure better be recognized at least once a decade for being teacher of the year. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and I have to realize that everyone is that way. And that could be, by the way, a, um, a, a psychosis that I need to go maybe work through with counseling. That might not be healthy for, for me to be wired that way. So as a leader, I need to understand that no different than I remember a good friend of mine, a buddy of mine I grew up with. And I thought it was amazing that his son was graduating high school and was going into the trades because we don't have enough tradesmen. Cause my dad's a tradesman because mm-hmm. I do loans for a living. And I see that tradesmen and women are making 90 grand a year and school teachers with their master's degree are making 52 grand a year. Double that. Yeah. Taking work home, being stressed mm-hmm. out, right? My cop buddies, right. They're getting flack from, from their community because they're cops. And I guess because like, you know, a handful of cops are dicks. I guess all cops are dicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, man, you subject yourself to this for that type of pay. Hey, I realize it's not all about pay. That's mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. Yeah, me right, taking right, a step right, back and right. recognize it's not all about pay, but, um, it was also a way for me to recognize that it wasn't necessarily about having to be like the best at something. And I'm just wired that I'm like, I gotta be the best, gotta be the best. So, that would be
1: great answer. Dustin. Okay. Okay. I have another great question for you. What's the most, uh, what's the instance that you've learned? i um, how to articulate this. Um, what have you learned the most from the least producing L O? Like have you ever learned something from someone that produced so little that you were able to like gain like a lesson from them when it comes to management?
0: Two things, uh, do a better job of assessing talent up front, and fire quicker. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've learned. I've learned, because I like people in, in general, I then project my own drive onto them, and I look for every reason why it could work, whereas if I just got to know them better in the interview, and I looked for their patterns of success, if they didn't have patterns of success, I probably should have never hired them. If they weren't willing to run through a brick wall, because we're talking about salespeople, mm-hmm. we're talking about people mm-hmm. who are 100% mm-hmm. commission, yep. These are people who, for the most part, are self employed. Yeah, if they weren't willing to run through a brick wall to prove someone right or prove someone wrong, prove a doubter wrong, probably not a good fit.
1: What have you learned from some of the top producers? People that we always talk about, well, mostly you emulate, you know, people that do run through a brick wall, people who don't, you know, they sell to people whether they buy or die or whatever. What have you learned from those top producers that you would like to implore on our audience today?
0: That they're no different than you or I that they're no different than anyone tuning in, that they are, yes, they may be better looking. They may be a little bit funnier. They may be, have a gift of gab. Wow, keep talking about me, Dustin. I love it. (laughs) True, but no, at the end of the day, what they're willing to do is they're willing to dominate the basics. They're willing to wake up every day and take orders and follow instruction, and they do follow patterns, right? And they just do it consistently. They don't let anything else get in the way. They, They recognize that, They have certain achievements that they're trying to accomplish. And if they just do X, Y, and Z and they trust the process, that they'll get there. Some will get there quicker. Some will take more time. That's where some talent Mm -hmm. comes into play. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you will get there. Or some will achieve a level of, in volume, to use mortgage or real estate. Let's just say some people are, are skilled enough and talented enough to be able to grow a team that does 300 units a year. Some people get get stopped at 100. Both are top producers. At that point, you're, you are, if you are talking income, you're in the top 1%. It's just, are you in the top 1% or are you in the top 0.01%? Yeah. Are you talking
1: basis points or are we talking like just fractions here? I know what you're <laughs> yeah. talking about. All right, let's put a ball in this because I'm going to ask you a good question, Dustin. You always ask our guests this. Um, if Dustin today, right now, went back to Dustin of two thousand. And you were interviewing me like i want to start a podcast and you wanted to build this thing what's one lesson you would tell the younger dustin uh four years ago that you've learned in this four-year journey in building the loan officer podcast
0: oh and the podcast yeah cool
1: because you built businesses you know you have a couple of different investments angel invest blah 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 but what is one thing you dustin today wearing the tlop hat we have tlop faculty it's a beautiful sunset here Closing out the year, what is one thing you Dustin today would go back to you Dustin back in the day when you were wearing like double XL (laughs) suits and shit? What would you say like, hey, this is what's going to happen? What would you tell yourself?
0: I would lean into the word intentionality. And I would say, whatever you do, do it with intentionality. We've always been intentional, but it was behind the scenes. It was the undercurrent. We didn't come out of the gates. We and we didn't know what we were gonna do. We knew we had some ideas. We knew it was broad AF. It was like, you know, Bruh. uh eight lane highway broad <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and we have it down to the express lanes right now. Correct. Right? It's like being on yeah, that I seventy five cutting yeah, through yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. pay the extra money yeah. to do ninety miles an hour in that toll lane. Yeah. Like, yeah, like like we're we're that now intentional. Um so I wish and, and you and I hid behind it being our hobby. We hid behind it, um, you know, Being a passion project, which it was, but maybe there's a little bit of a fear of failure, correct, and a fear of like being an imposter. Well, you can hide that, behind that, that if, we it's, slow played if it.
1: it's just a hobby, you can't be like, Oh, I wasn't really trying that hard because yeah. it's like, uh, ah, I wasn't taking it serious, but yeah, to your point, yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's like
0: being back in middle school and you asked that girl to be your girlfriend. I don't joking. want I don't... you anyway,
1: you frumpy. Ho- no, I'm yeah, tra- yeah, 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 you, right. you
0: kind of left your you le- left that out. Know right. what I know now. Um, I think we would have gone out, but you never know. Like I'm a big fan in general. Everything happens for a reason. You talk about the universe, but I talk about everything happens for a reason. It's our job to keep our our minds open, our eyes open, our ears open. We need to be very aware of what's going on and we need to look for opportunities. We need to look for the lessons that, that are being taught. Um, definitely don't want to put our head in the sand. We don't want to kick that. Um, you know, cone down the road as, as they like to say, like we, we want to address everything that's in front of us. Um, so I, I don't know if I would be at a way where I'd even be willing to call anything that we've done in the podcast. wise a mistake? Um, Cause I don't know if I could have sped up the timeline. Cause I do believe everything happens for a reason, but you asked the question and I'll throw it out there. Uh, let me give a bonus to to, mm-hmm. to everyone. Mm-hmm. If I even tried to list every business venture or every investment or every idea that I have swung at and missed, that would be an entire episode. Okay, like I'm going back as far as being 18 or 19 years old, staying up till 2 a.m. watching an an infomercial.
1: Hey, buy this product, you'll sell.
0: And buy it. And then then we bought the 900 number, Uh... and the 900 number was going to give you tips on how... To use the internet. You did that shit. Yeah, I wish the tip was like, hey, here's how you build a YouTube channel in the year 2001. Or here's what Amazon's going to do. Or here's what SEO means. And here's why to build a website. No, this was a 800 number. And then we were, I was trying to buy email addresses and then spam people to call the 800 number to get internet tips. So that's my first one going back at age 19. right. Right. Okay, then I can go through and talk about um, some kind of investment I made ended up being a Ponzi scheme and I got like three of my five grand back, but I let someone convince me to give $5,000 to be a part of this, you know, system. It's kind of like multi-level marketing. Yeah. It's
1: called cu- buy these knives and go into these it's people's not homes. Cut code, it's not Cutco. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not cut I'm scarred by, for life.
0: By the way, go sell Cutco for a year. And, and you will become and, the best salesperson and, on the fucking yes, planet. Yes. And be successful. And I'll hire you. Shout out Daniel Anderson. Shout out Daniel Anderson and Aaron Luden. But I will hire you. Like, almost yeah, right. sight unseen. <laughs> yeah. I can't do sight unseen because what if you're an asshole and we don't hire assholes. Right. But I will definitely hire you. Right. Um, so, like, there's that one that comes to mind. Look, I, I talk about, you know, I had Sunira on and we talked about her company, Fat Merchant, you know, becoming a, a unicorn. Mm-hmm. And I was able to invest in that as an angel. Then again, during their Series A round. And then when... Uh, they became stacks. They brought in another big investor. that cleared the cap table, and Daddy got paid. Let's go cool. talk about that. But we talk about the twenty-five grand that I lost in Air health. No,
1: nobody wants to hear that shit. Nobody I just want to hear about all about the successes, that. bro. Yeah. The ticker, yeah, right.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's, there's those, there's those opportunities. Plus the opportunities that I didn't invest in, or the businesses I didn't start. That hey, I finally started one, right? Like I finally invested in a homeowners insurance. God, that, and, right? And what a the hell were you waiting agency. for, Jesus. Why didn't I do that ten years ago? If I did that 10 years ago,
1: Shit, we wouldn't be on this podcast. Cause you'd be on your yacht in
0: Fiji. Damn not me. quite John, but, <laughs> right, right. but you know, I could have an extra four or $600,000 into my net worth. Had I just done that. Right. So like there's all of those learning opportunities. And I think what I want the audience to take from that is you gotta be willing to, to take risk. You gotta be w- with as long as you can get comfortable with the worst case scenario, right? Like that Ponzi scheme, I was fine with the worst case scenario me being 19 years old and losing two grand. Dude, two grand at 19 may sound like a lot of money, but two grand between the ages of 20 and 80? Bro, if you don't make it up, nothing. something's wrong with you. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's nothing. So like I was right. willing to take those big swings. And when you listen to most successful entrepreneurs, most of them were. Even like right now, I'm, I'm all dialed into Alex Ramosi. Mm-hmm. His signature story is one in which he thought he made it, <laughs> he had all the revenue, he had the company and lost it all, and put all the money he didn't have All thirty grand on on a credit card. He 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 bucked up, bucked up and put it out there and said, "I know what I'm doing. I know how to turn this thirty grand into 150 grand. Watch this," Mm. and believed in it. And he realized at the time he was probably in his 20s still. Even if he lost all 30 grand, he can make that right back up. Literally, he could have valeted cars for a year and a half while working for the man, and he would have earned enough money working for the man to support his lifestyle made enough money valiant cars that he paid back the 30 grand that he put on the, on the credit card. Like, and I think too many times people are too afraid of the, the wrong things, right? Like you and I talked about that earlier off, off camera. How many people are like, I don't want to go do that. Cause it doesn't come with benefits. I'm like, do you know how much benefits
1: cost? Yeah. Me, I'll raise my hand. Like,
0: me. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you even looked to see what it would cost for you to get a private plan? No, <laughs> because it's like, you're not going to jump at a career opportunity that could potentially, a, fulfill you, b, challenge you in a good way, and c, allow you to make the most money that you ever thought you could make because you were worried about eight hundred dollars a month in benefits. You're worried about having no four hundred one k match. I'm like, how much you put in your four hundred one k? People are like ten grand. I'm like, cool. <laughs> that match is five thousand dollars. Yeah. So, eight hundred bucks in benefits times twelve, okay, is roughly ninety six hundred dollars. Plus the five grand and four hundred one k matches, we're talking about a less than fifteen thousand dollar decision. And certain people in our country are not willing to bet on themselves, are not willing to go out as an independent contractor or to become self employed or one hundred percent commission because they're letting that hold them down. That's corporate welfare. Now, for some people, you're not geared to work for yourself. One hundred percent. Please, yeah, to. please do not enter the You are the way not, meant do to, not But enter. for some of you who right, are, right, yeah, you're letting corporate welfare tie you down, keep you stuck to the tit of the man. And it's like, I luckily have never had that because of my risk aversion and my high drive. But it's something that others may have, and at least maybe I can help you think through it. And I think it's remiss. We didn't bring those up because I'm not ashamed of those mistakes, right? That the Ponzi scheme, the 900 number, the investment into air health, and I could go on and on of things that didn't work out because I'm going to keep swinging, baby. I'm going to keep swinging. I'm going to keep betting on myself. And I'm going to consistently stay a learner. That's something that didn't come up. Always be learning and be curious. Keep that childlike curiosity. You changed someone's life in this
1: episode, Dustin. I'm so proud to be able I to do so. I'm serious. That was good, man. I, but, I love this unscripted bullshit where I just take a couple shots at the and ask you questions.
0: Well, no, thank you for doing that. Here's something else that we do, John. Look, I, we don't we don't put this out there. And I don't have all the time in the world. But as we grow out this community, y'all, if you need a little career advice, you want a a unbiased point of view. My opinion. you might not like it, but at least I have one. I'm willing to share it with you. facts. y'all can go to Tlop online and we have a uh, uh, I think it's under Career Corner.
1: Community message board.
0: No, not the community message. Oh, board. Oh, we have
1: so much stuff now. I can't remember. No,
0: it, it it's a way for them to say, Hey, look, will you help me give, give me some direction oh, on yeah, my right, career? Right, right, yeah. right. I think brush, it's under yeah. like like the, the yeah, career yeah, right, corner. Right, 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 right. Right. We give um employers an opportunity to reach out to us if yeah. they if they have needs they're trying to fill, yeah. and maybe we can work our community to try to fill their needs. But if you're a part of our community, and you want to just a one-on-one conversation, a private conversation with me, um. Use that. That's why it's there. That's why it's there. I, I have helped people stay at their employer because that was the, the right move. I've helped help m- people stay at their employer. Move on. But, but get a better compensation. I've helped people find new employment. Right? Like, I mean, I have friends. Literally, I have friends. We had Jeff Zimfer on. Shout out Jeff Lee. Right? So someone reached out to us. They were in Las Vegas. Jeff's a friend of the show. Jeff, too, is in Las Vegas. I didn't have a solution for this particular T-Lopper. But I knew Jeff probably did because mm-hmm. Jeff lives in the market. At a minimum, I can put, put this person in contact with Jeff. Jeff then can help this person solve for what it was that they're trying to solve for.
1: Don't make the biggest mistake of your life and not reach out because this whole episode is about making mistakes. So don't make the mistakes that we said don't make. Well, and,
0: and look, and only reach out if you're serious because it, it is something that we're doing pro bono. It is right. something that we do to give back. And it's not something that I'm looking to make money yeah, doing. Don't
1: waste this goddamn time. And, but it's
0: also something that I do have limited resources, right? Um, so you can do it online or you can just go to my, my LinkedIn, first name, Dustin, last name, Owen, send me a quick message. I love to hear from y'all by the way, send me a a click, a quick message. Let's connect. And if, if you would like to spend five or 10 minutes kind of walking through where you are in your career and where you're trying to go, I don't mind giving you my thoughts based on my 20 plus years. experience.
1: Dustin is all ear balls, but that's all the time we have for you today. His name is Dustin Owen. My name is John. Don't Google me. But we look forward to catching you on the next episode.
0: Hey, tune in to Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Make sure you give us a five-star review and you share this with not one, not two, but three. 5,000 strangers. (laughs) 5,000 strangers. We appreciate you. Happy New Year. We look forward to catching you on the next episode with Michelle Mendez from RGMI. Peace.